Dave Fanning on 2FM. Now, do you remember Balcony TV? It was a video channel where you could watch musicians performing live on tiny balconies in cities right across the world. It developed from a simple idea hatched up by three friends living in an apartment with a balcony in Dame Street in Dublin. It morphed into one of the biggest global music channels, indeed an international franchise, with musicians performing on hundreds of balconies all over Europe. Ed Sheeran, Mumford & Sons, Jesse J, The Script, Paris Hilton, all in the infancy of their careers they appeared on Balcony TV. So what happened to this great Irish success story? Well a documentary from the Irish music industry podcast called The Untold Story of Balcony TV was released this week and Mark Graham good old Mark how are you doing Mark? Not too bad Dave good to see you. It's good to have you. Um, He's the man behind the podcast and he joins me here in the studio also joined the line by Stephen O'Regan one of the original founders of Balcony TV. Stephen how are you doing? Are you alright? Hey Dave, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. So Mark, I'll start with you. What was Balcony TV? Tell us all about it. Um, Balcony TV was, uh, I, I suppose we'd call and it now an online... Was is the operative word, right? Well, it, it still exists, but right. it doesn't exist in the form that it, that it was in initially. Uh, it's a music platform, and that's what we'd call it now. I think at the time it was a really clever idea that three friends thought up of in their apartment on, on Dame Street where they'd get somebody to perform on the balcony and Stephen can correct me if I'm wrong here but I think initially the idea wasn't just to have musicians I talked to people and they said that they, there was somebody on before them juggling a football right, or yeah. there could be somebody doing a magic trick you know right, but then yeah. they quickly discovered that music, there were so many musicians around Ireland who were starving for some kind of exposure yeah. that they could put a musician on the balcony every day of the week and post a video every day. Right, so Mark, I'm oh, sorry, sorry, Stephen, what Mark just said, that's it in a nutshell, is it? Yeah, that's it. And actually it was interesting, Craig Walker was on Balcony TV and was he was he? a big, uh, he was a big supporter of us. Um, but yeah, that was it. We, um, the story always, the story I always tell is that one day I woke up with a, with a big hangover and I, and I, Went out into my balcony on Dame Street, desperate for some fresh air. And then I just noticed that we had a great view up and down Dame Street. And so I came back into my two flatmates and I, I said, well, you know, we really should do something interesting on our balcony, considering we've got this great view and we don't uh, take advantage of it. And I guess we concocted the idea for Balcony TV right down on the spot, you know. But it was, it was, it was, um, it was right when YouTube started. So people didn't even know what YouTube was at the time. And uh, so it was, it was good timing, I guess. You know? Well, I mean, like, it's a cultural phenomenon. It's been syndicated to 100 cities around the world. So when I say all that, like, you know, it's brokered million-dollar deals, clocked up hundreds of millions of international viewers. It's now owned by one of the largest record companies in the world. Do I, does that mean that you own this and sold it for a fortune, yeah? Yeah, well, some people... Well, so I think the interesting thing about the podcast is that, you know, Mark... Mark is uh, trying to tell the true story of Balcony TV. So the reality is, is that we did it for 12 years. And, um, you know, it's it interesting from an outside perspective. You might have seen that we had cities all over the world and, you know, we production teams all over the world. But in reality, it was often just me and my laptop um, banging my head against the screen trying to figure out how to make it work at all, you know. And in fact, I, I remember... <laughs> You interviewing me, Dave, like in the very first few weeks yeah. of Balcony TV. And I remember, you know, the, the last question you asked me, you were like, but how do you make any money out of this? You know what I mean? And I didn't know, I did, I didn't know how to answer that question because yeah. we weren't making any, any, money, any yeah. money out of it. Um, but that was always the question that would come to haunt me over the years. I was, I was asked that question at the end of every interview I ever did. Really? And the, real, and the reality was is we, we, never made any, we never made any money out of it. Um. However, I, I convinced uh, I convinced some investors eventually to get on board, and then somehow I convinced Sony to uh, take it on. 
All right, so um, it's an amazing story, Mark. Like, obviously, you were attracted to it because it's mm. an amazing story, right? Absolutely, yeah. And I think Stephen might be playing it down a little bit there when he says there was investment. There was investment to the tune of one point two million dollars, right? And it was sold to a company, a subsidiary of Sony for an undisclosed fee. And that's one of the things that I look at in this. But it was an extremely interesting story. And initially, somebody turned me on to it kind of, you know, in a, a nostalgic way. And what, what is it Darrow Breen says? Nostalgia is like heroin for old people. Mm. You know, that, that, that was an attractive element. But what really interested me was... Um, you know, you you know this, Dave. You interviewed Ian Winwood, the author of that book, Bodies, which is a oh, fantastic yeah. book. You yeah. know, life and death in music, yeah. and that area where art comes up against commerce is always turbulent. You know that 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 meeting of those two worlds, and I find it interesting to navigate that because you know if we look into that, maybe those of us who get through it or the people who get through it by telling their story they can help other people get through it like I noticed um, last week Fionn Regan uh, singer-songwriter posted on Twitter and said that he was offered 55 grand for one of his songs and he didn't know what to do and of all things he asked Twitter you know he was he was that lost for what to do he asked Twitter and here we have these people who started this artistic endeavour you know it went global it's what it's what most bands dream of you know you start this thing with your friends it goes global and Sony step in and want to buy it oh yeah you know and, and fantastic and, and in your experience Dave do they all live happily ever after oh god yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of and I, I think one of the really interesting things about it as well and I think why it captured so many people's imagination like I don't think Stephen will mind me saying this you know it was very low budget you know this was this was lo-fi in the extreme it was one camera and one zero, microphone zero budget zero, zero budget <laughs> you know very lo-fi but um, that seemed to appeal to people in a way that you know we have the tiny desk concerts series now and we know what that is and we have Jules yeah. Holland and yeah. we have other voices but they're all part of the industry here yeah. here was this thing that wasn't and not only was it not part of the industry um, it it was so broken down that it cut through all that it's kind of there's this expression in professional wrestling spoiler alert here now Dave you know people might know this listen wrestling is fixed we all know wrestling <gasps> is fixed oh right? my god and for those people who allegedly. really allegedly yeah for those people who really love it there's this thing called kayfabe where Everybody knows wrestling is fixed, but people are still buying into it because sometimes the facade falls down and somebody does actually break a chair off somebody's oh, back. Is that the reason? Because I look at it and I there go, you go. Yeah. stop, just that's, stop. Well, that's what the Especially academics... the guys come right up yeah. in front of each other and say, I'm going to break your leg. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, and so, some people write about this and that's one of the reasons right. they say that people get sucked into it. But here you had this thing, Balcony TV, that did that exact thing that it took away the facade. You know, there was no production yeah. on this. There was no makeup. There was no lights. And if you performed on that balcony, you performed bare, without anything. And was the camera only at the balcony? Was there any camera at the far side of Dame Street when you nope. started off? One no. camera, one camera, yeah. one microphone. That's that's what they did. And, uh, you know, I think as it went on, in you know, like as it went down the road, some of the cities that took it up, um, their production values got much higher. I know I was talking to one of the producers from Balcony but, TV but was, India yeah. and it really well produced and there yeah. were some other balconies where it sounded really well and with really okay. high production value. Yeah, Stephen? Yeah, no, but, it, but, it, but the format was always the same. So it was just a one camera shot. It was, it was always one shot and one camera, you know. But it, it, it was amazing if you think about it. We, like, because we were filming a new show every day in the early days in Dublin, like, we really captured almost everybody on the rise. You know, with so many people in the Irish music industry, just Ireland alone talking about now, you know, they would have made their way up to our apartments, you know. And then it's mad to think that, you know, we had everybody from Hanson. Do you remember Hanson? I do. 
to to like the Wu Tang Clan. We, you know, everybody, you know, on the balconies over so the So wait years, a second. You know? So like that, they all trundle up through your apartment on Dame Street to get out onto the balcony. Uh, well, well, not not those particular artists. They were on different balconies around the world. You know, <laughs> right. obviously at different levels of artists and stuff. But we had we had everybody up in the in our little. We had Johnny Cash's brother Tommy Cash on our balcony. The scripts. First yeah. ever performance ever anywhere. Mumford and Sons before, you know. But but also like have to like speak about you know the the Irish artists over the years like everybody Gavin James, Codaline, yeah, Soda Blonde, just Una Healy. We had Dustin the Turkey up once, Shay Healy, just yeah, mad, mad stuff. Yeah. So like I mean, we're talking about podcast here three. Episodes, is it? Yeah, three episodes. And I think that what appeals to me about the story as well and why it ended up being three episodes is um, not all the founders agree with each other on how it started and what happened. And That's always the way. It is always the way. Is, is, is there an undercurrent of, I hate this other guy? Not Ooh. at all, no. Um, <laughs> but there is some things that happened along the way that did kind of throw a spanner in the works and make the story a little bit more interesting. One of which was that when Sony took over Balcony TV and they own it now, that they shut down the balconies around the world, but saw an insider and they delisted. Uh, but hold on a second, surely somebody can do something on a balcony and just stick it up on YouTube? They can't call it Balcony TV though. Oh, I see. Yeah, right. you see, with okay. the branding. But um, they delisted the videos of the original balconies from YouTube as well, but somebody working within that corporation uh, leaked a spreadsheet document with 18,000 <coughs> spreadsheet entries with the name of the band and a web address where he could access it. So there's, there's Stephen a little doesn't care. He's living on his yacht. He, he <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Uh, okay, so, like, okay, first of all, all three episodes, the untold story of Balcony TV, <coughs> and you can see them all in the usual podcast places. So the research that you had to do, Mark, yeah. I mean, like, was it that we're, I'll have to get, you know, Ed Sheeran and Jesse J and Geyser Chiefs, or no? I asked them, yeah. You, oh, I, and, and, yeah, and, and in fairness to Ed Sheeran, <coughs> um, they were one of the people who did get back to me. Yeah, I sent out loads of interview requests. Paul Brady, um, the lads identified Paul Brady being on the balcony as a turning point. Right. And so I had a chat with Paul about that. And he's he has some very interesting things to say, not only about his balcony TV experience, but we try and figure out, is there something we can learn from this? You know, from this kind of the rise and fall and then stagnation of the thing. And Paul has some, in, you know, he's... Oh, he's been in music for 70 years, I think, since he started playing the piano. So if anybody has some insights to offer in that way, Paul Brady does. But I interviewed producers from as far away as um, India, uh, Kavi Bansali from Balcony. And it's interesting because often we're kind of insular. You know, when we talk about the music industry, and I've been on to you before talking about festivals. Yeah. And when I think about music festivals, you know, if somebody asked me, mm. what are the biggest music festivals in the world? I'd probably oh. pick Glastonbury and Coachella and ignore most of the rest of the world. But then when you talk to somebody like Kavi from India, you know, with a population of, um, what is it? For, like, I, I've, it's billions. I think between Delhi and Mumbai, where they had the channels, it was a combined population, just those two cities, of 125 million people. Yeah, so yeah. absolutely huge numbers. Oh, yeah, and and Balcony TV in India was massive. Okay. So I talked to producers and presenters from all around the world. And, and Stephen, what about you? What are you doing these days, Stephen? Well, I mean, I think uh, I think an important thing that that's interesting about the podcast is that really it all ended in disaster. You know, the story arc takes it to ending in disaster. You know, where the, where it was taken over and um, and you know I got sucked into the the corporate kind of world of the music industry, which is really not that good at all. 
And um, and then I ended up moving to New York. And one day I was called into the office and I was let go. And this was after doing this for 12 years. And uh, it was really a, you know, it was a really harsh moment and it was a very upsetting moment. And it was, you know, five, it was 5.30 on a Friday night in, in New York City, you know what I mean? And, you know, they, they blocked me out of my emails. They blocked me out of the Falking TV YouTube channel and stuff. And um, there was nobody I could call, you know. And uh, meanwhile, I had the... the 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 pressure of the the legal might of Sony kind of like breathing down my neck. I shouldn't be saying any of this stuff right now, actually. Ah, I sure really shouldn't matter. be saying any of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, so um, so so uh, after that, I you know I the only the only job that I had previously in life was when I worked in Domino's Pizza and Rap Mines, you know, and so I kind of like made a self-created life up until this point. So after after Balcony TV, it's been a it's been a rocky road, you know. I've been trying to find my feet, figure out what I'm doing, but. I find myself living in Lisbon, making a new little YouTube series called People of Lisbon. And so I make little documentaries each week about different interesting people that live in Lisbon. Wow, what a story. I mean, look, like, like I'll just read this here. From rags to riches to redundancy, <clears throat> the story of Balcony TV is a microcosm of how the international music industry operates. A tumultuous roller coaster ride with dizzying highs and sickening lows that leaves punters disorientated, wobbling and woozy, checking their pockets as they stumble away with the screams and laughter of the ride still ringing in their ears. So this is a roller coaster whole thing. So, Stephen, I have to ask them, like, I mean, are you looking back with, ah, to hell with all of this, or looking back in a bad way or like wow that was very exciting well i'm i'm extremely proud of it i i honestly think i like i honestly think that balking tv was the best document of like independent music in the world over that 10-year period like completely you know we did it in 100 cities we made 20,000 shows you know everywhere in the world so i'm very 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 proud of that however it ended very very sadly and at a certain point i needed to cut myself like i needed to let it go in my mind and um, and I did. And so what's been interesting about this podcast experience is that it's brought me, it's brought me back. And we were doing a, a panel talk in Doolin, an arts festival, myself and Mark. And um, there was a producer from Balkan TV Cork there who I hadn't seen in a few years. And she started crying during the during the during the panel talk, you know. And that got me a bit, you know, a bit emotional as well because I realised how much how much passion was put into this from all different people all around the world and also the artists like the bands were traveling they were lugging their gear up you know steps you know what I mean there was so much positive energy in it and we became really a kind of a global family of producers all over the place so um, yeah it's, 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 been, it's been a very strange uh, yeah experience in the last couple of weeks you know, okay, so look, time, the whole know? thing got really big. I went from one Dublin apartment to balconies all over the world, and after six years, you got investment and moved to New York. Now, in New York, I mean, <clears> you were working there for about two and a half years with Sony or whatever it was. Um, mm-hmm. Did you enjoy the two and a half years' work? <clears throat> so what happened was is that I raised investment, and I was advised to move to New York to be close to the investors, so yeah. they would they would advise me to they would give they would point me in the right directions. They also gave me a ridiculous challenge to spend a lot of money in a very short period of time, but that's literally what they told me to do. So I followed their advice, and I was like, it was like Brewster's Millions, you know? It was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and in in the effort to try and make this thing super big, um, and that turns that didn't work out, unfortunately. Um, and then, uh, yeah, then Sony took it over, and um, I mean, it's nice living in New York, <laughs> and New York's a great place to live. But uh, it, there was the pressure was always there, you know. The anxiety was always there. Also, the 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 energy kind of went disappeared once we once we got involved with you know the 
like the, Sony, for example. The, the big because because yeah. I, I, I was so used to being able to make decisions myself, and all of a sudden, every decision that I wanted to make had to go to kind of, you know, yeah. the decision-making yeah. processes, you know. And also, this was the first time you had what you would call a real job besides the piece of place, and certainly the first time you were ever, let's face it, sacked, and it was not good. Yeah, well, this is the first time I ever had a real job. So, yeah, that's another thing. I had to turn up at 10 o'clock in the morning every morning or half nine or whatever. And, you know, I was very much used to working my own schedule, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. So that was it. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mark, I mean, like, are any of the early stuff, uh, you know, still available? I mean, like, is there stuff around? Most of it is still down, but there's a workaround. Not only did somebody <coughs> kind of leak. Most of it is still down. It's still, it's what delisted you from YouTube. So but that doesn't mean it was like It's not up gone. In. No, but no. you can't, if you search on YouTube for, let's say, um, Crow Black Chicken, Irish right. Blues Band, you won't find them on YouTube. But if you go out to Google and you search for Crow Black Chicken, Balcony TV, Daily Motion, that the videos have been uploaded to another another platform. So not only was this document of 18,000 entries leaked, but somehow these 18,000 videos have also been uploaded to Daily Motion as well. Yeah, right. And what about highlights for you, um, Stephen? Like, what was your favourite? Oh, my when, God. This, this, I mean, this is a 12-year story, so 12 years of highlights. I mean, I do have to say it was, it was funny when, you know, Paul Brady phoned me up after, like, doing this for a month. And, um, and... He said, oh, "I've heard about this Balkan TV thing, and I'm thinking about uh, I'm thinking about doing it." And I was like, "Yeah, sure, when, amazing, Paul. You know, when when would that? When would you like to do that?" And he's like, "Well, can I do it in 20 minutes?" <laughs> and I was like, "20 minutes." And so we had to clean the apartment because our apartment was very much like a student's digs. You know, we had our underwear drying under radiators and yeah. pots of pot noodles around and stuff. You know, um, so here's like this this Irish icon. You know, kind of intimidating when you you've never met him before. You know. Yeah. And uh, so that was a, a great moment. Because um, obviously, we for the first three years, we did something called the Balkan TV Music Video Awards. And we used to have it in the Sugar Club. And I think I remember we gave, like, you know, they they were great parties, great, great events. Um, and then it was all, it was very exciting whenever we launched it in a different city and seeing the press that was created around the world in a different city and seeing the, like, the talents and the, like, for, for example, in Los Angeles, when we, we did the show there, like, the show was presented by uh, a woman called E.G. Daly, who is uh, the voice of um, uh, Tommy Pickles from Rugrats. And I think she was also Phoebe's sister wow. in France. So she was she was the presenter of Balkan TV Los Angeles. Yeah, right. And she's got an amazing life story. So there's so many stories that are all around the world um, with Balkan TV. And, I, you know, Mark's podcast is amazing, but is an ex- excellent podcast, but... There's probably a Netflix series in there somewhere, you know? Yeah. I think Paul Brady tells a slightly different story about how he ends up on the balcony. Yeah. He tells the story that Stephen hounded him right. until he got on the balcony. So, And and you hear that throughout, that there are there are different yeah. stories to this, yeah. different angles. So Any I think you have to make up your own mind. plectrums fall off and cameras, no? Well, the, the, so on the balcony in Dublin, we were about five floors, four floors up yeah. and... You know, every every so often, of course, one of these guys in the bands would decide that they go and try and sit on the ledge of the balcony, and I would have a heart attack yeah. every time somebody yeah. would go and try and do that. But another funny thing was we had the Buzzcocks up once. You know, the legendary punk rock band, the oh, Buzzcocks. I certainly know them all right. Yeah, absolutely. And they 
they clearly had no idea what they were going to play. So they lugged up all their gear <laughs> thinking that they were going to play Glastonbury. Yeah, right. And our balcony was like about a metre by a metre. So they were not very happy when they got up to my apartment. Right. <laughs> the ever, did they play Ever Fallen uh, in Love with someone you shouldn't have and all the hits? Yeah, I, I think they, they, played, they played one of their classics. But the, yeah. I, what I did was I sent uh, Tom, our presenter, down to the bar downstairs quickly to get some pints for them. Right. So if you watch that show... You can see the pints of Guinness delicately perched on the edge, yes. and if they had fallen, they would have killed. They would have killed a few yeah, people. Yeah, right, there. exactly. Indeed, it's a fantastic story. It really is. It's just amazing. So, Mark, um, this thing is uh, there to be got right now. The untold story of Balcony TV. Uh, it's available on wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, on, wherever so. you download. How long the podcast? are they each? About an hour each, is it? Uh, yeah, forty-five to fifty-five right. minutes each. And Stephen, you yourself, you're in Lisbon now, and you moved there during COVID. It was kind of open at the time, was it? Yeah, well, Portugal was was the only place that I could escape to, and it was the only place that was allowing you to come. So, yeah, when the, when everybody else was terrified and terrified lockdown, I decided to escape to Lisbon. And Pauline's working for Virgin Media. Tom is a jazz musician, has a diamond shop <sighs> in Paris Court Centre. So everybody's still <laughs> thriving. Yeah, but it's an amazing story. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's it, there's, there's a lot in it. Um, so. Yeah, speak, speak to your friends in RTE. Let's do a documentary about it. Yeah, on TV. Well, we, we let Mark do it. All right, listen, Stephen, listen, onwards and upwards. Enjoy Lisbon. Good man yourself. Thank you so much Thank for talking much. to us. Very good indeed. Stephen O'Regan it is. And Mark, good man yourself. Are you going to festivals soon, yeah? Uh, kind of. Kind of. Mark, by the way, is yeah. a man who went to every single festival in Ireland in one year. Every single one. How many? It was about 50, 60, Oh, stop, yeah. For, I went to three every weekend for three years. Right, um, I yeah. pulled back a little bit from it and I was playing with the band King Kong Company yeah. and pulled back from that Oh, could. you're not playing with them anymore? No, I, oh. Well, I did yeah. do two festivals last right. year, so right. I, it's a hard habit to kick, yeah, Dave. Oh, yeah, I might kick it fully this year. Guest. Yeah. Yeah, right. All right, Mark, good man yourself. Hi, Mark Graham it is, very good. Dave Fanning on 2FM.